Welcome to the Your Life Rocks podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Yes, even for you. This show is designed to help working moms focus on the things that matter most in life and helping you balance all that life has for you with practical tips from one working mom to another. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, and I am so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. If you are listening to this episode as it goes live, it is Thanksgiving week here in the United States. So I hope that if that is you, then you are enjoying this precious time with your family. And I know for me, I am very thankful for all of you, whether you are in the United States celebrating Thanksgiving or you're anywhere else in the world listening to this podcast. It always amazes me all of the places around the world that are tuning in to listen to this show each and every single week. So thank you so very much. And today, because it kind of kicks off a holiday season here in the United States and really all over the world as we're celebrating Christmas, this is the kickoff of our Holiday Sanity series. Now, the reason why we call it Holiday Sanity is because as much as we know that Christmas should be about peace and love and worship and all of those great things, we have made it into something a little bit crazy inducing with all of the gifts and all of the things and decorations and baking and it's really become quite the extravaganza. And so we created this free course a few years ago to help provide you some holiday sanity, to help you manage all of the things. So we are doing a podcast series this year to help you do just that. We're going to be covering all kinds of topics and we're kicking it off talking about relationships, specifically how you can build a healthier relationship with your in-laws. Now, the message today is for those of you who maybe are new to having in-laws, if you're freshly married, or if you have a great relationship with your in-laws already, or if it's not as awesome as you want it to be. We have a great guest on today that's going to help us all grow in this area of our life. Now, if you would like to get your hands on the free Holiday Sanity course, you can find it right inside of your Life Rocks app. So you can go right to your app store right now while you're listening to the show and download the app if you haven't done so already. And once you're in there, you'll find it under Courses. Now, this is a free course. It's outside of Life Balance membership, so you'll have access to it for free. Or if you're a member of Life Balance membership, then you'll also have it inside of the app for you to use as well. Now, I do also want to remind you that Life Balance membership is going to be having a price increase at the first of the year, but if you are an existing member by January 1, you are locked in at the low introductory rate of just $9.99 a month for as long as you are a member. So if you have been looking and you've been thinking, maybe I should join the membership, I don't know, now is the perfect time to be joining the membership so you can have access to all of the courses, all of the tools, and we have even great more things coming for you in the next year. Oh, and I forgot to mention our monthly group coaching where you can ask all kinds of questions. If you missed last week's episode, we did a Q&A where a lot of you submitted some questions and I answered them all for you. And we talked about all kinds of things from all different parts of our life, everything that we're trying to balance from time management to marriage to relationships, you name it, it was covered. And once a month inside the membership, we gather for a live call where you can ask questions and we talk about different topics and do some more in-depth training with some of the courses that are inside of the membership. Or sometimes we just talk about things that we know we need right now seasonally to help us be better and to really turn our focus into the things that matter most. So if you're ready to really redefine what balance looks like for you, then I invite you to join Life Balance Membership. Now, to help us cover our topic today of forging new paths with your in-laws, 
we have a very special guest on. She has been on the show probably more than just about anybody over the years. Then that's because she's truly my go-to person when it comes to relationships, when it comes to marriage advice. She is so wise. And the way that she explains things, I just get it better than most other people explain things. So I know that she has blessed many of you when you've listened to her on the show in the past. And if you're new to listening to Kimberly Walton, then today is going to be a special treat for you. Now, if you don't already know who Kimberly Walton is, she is a marriage mentor, a speaker, a writer, a women's retreat leader who specializes in working with Christian women to create and nurture wildly successful marriages. She's the founder of Cherished Wives International, a coaching practice dedicated to strengthening marriages and increasing intimacy and connection through her unique in love approach. The in love program addresses the six principles that are part of successful marriage by focusing on the whole person and taking a wholehearted approach. And the things that I really love about Kimberly is that she's funny, she's kind, she's great at telling stories and really helping you unpack and understand things in a way that you can be really impactful with the information in your life. She's full of practical tips and is just a gem of knowledge. And I know that you are going to enjoy listening to her as much as I do when I'm talking with her. So without further ado, let's get into my interview with Kimberly Walton. Welcome back to Your Life Rocks, Kimberly. I am so excited to have you back on the show. Yay, me too. I'm really happy to be (laughs) here and share this information, you know, especially with the holidays coming up. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And it's always such a blessing to have you on the show. You always have so much wisdom. I know I learn a ton and there's a ton of feedback that we get from the audience. So it's going to be great. But before we get into all of the brilliant wisdom that you've brought for (laughs) us today... Share with us a little bit more about what you have going on. I know you have a new grandbaby and you have some exciting new things happening within your business that you have. So share with us a little bit more. Yeah. So one of the things we're working on is turning a bunch of the quizzes that we normally give to our clients. Because one of the things I really focus on with my clients is learning about yourself so that you can understand why you react and how your husband or your mate reacts. And so we've been turning a bunch of those quizzes that used to be on paper into online quizzes. And it's a lot more complicated than we realized. But then again, most things are. I was going to say, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this should be quick. I can get this done in a day. And you're like, yeah, not so much. No. Uh, 10 days later. And um, (laughs) you're you're only half done. But the one we have up right now is called Personal Needs. And so it's plastered all over the place. If you go to cherishedwives.com, it's right towards the um, top. You can't miss it. It says take the personal needs quiz. So that's, we're pretty excited about that. That was a big learning curve. And of course, you mentioned the grandbaby. So we're grandparents for the first time, which is exciting. I know. And he's such a, he is such a little happy guy. Seriously. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was telling him he doesn't mind being changed. He doesn't mind being burped. He doesn't mind setting him down or picking him up. He's like, whatever, just keep loving me. And that's pretty cool. And then I don't know if you know or not, but he was a really big baby. He was 12 pounds. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Actually a little over 12 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) They knew he was going to be big. They did deliver him early and obviously he was born cesarean and that's part of the excitement that he's such a big baby that everybody thinks he's a lot older than he is. It's like, no, he's not like walking yet. (laughs) Months old. He's such a big guy that they're like, Oh, how old is he? You know? Oh my goodness. So happy. He just smiles and he, he's actually really photogenic too. So he's like, 
I swear he knows that if you're going to take a picture, he's like, just like poses. (laughs) How fun. What a great, great blessing to have in your life. It is. It is. And, and you know, the thing about being a grandparent is you get to send them home and I'm not up all night, you know, having to nurse them or anything like that. So you get all the good stuff. That's so good. You know, it was funny because my husband and I were talking, obviously we're done having kids, but there's that little desire like, oh, I want another baby. Or whenever I see a baby, I have that baby fever. And I've just started Mm -hmm. telling myself like someday, it seems like it's far away, but I'm sure it'll happen, you know, so quick. Mm-hmm. The kids will be grown up and I'll get to be a grandma and get to have the baby stuff without having <laughs> things and working, like thinking about maternity leave and how is that yeah. all going to work out? And you know, yeah. all of the things that are stressful about having And it. you get to be the wisdom of call and go, Hey, so how, what about the fever thing? And what about this? And they're fussing right now. It's like, well, try this, you know, those little pieces, you get to be that voice of wisdom. Oh, how fun. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm so excited about your quizzes too, that you're adding to your website. Now, the one I'm most excited about though, is the personal needs. And I think it really ties into what we're going to be talking about today. So share with us a little bit more about the personal needs quiz that you have up on your site. Right. So with the personal needs, we're talking about what your primary need is in life. And I don't mean food, water, shelter, that kind of stuff. I mean, like, do you have a a real need for belonging? Do you have a real need for achievement? Do you have a real need for growth and excitement? And everything you do is filtered through that primary need. And if you understand what that need is and your mate as well, then a lot of the things that we can get upset about, we can actually be more understanding about, go, oh, that's your primary need coming through. Or you can understand how maybe even just something like travel, how you and your mate might attack it differently. And it helps to alleviate a bunch of the the complications and conflicts and things by just understanding it's not, they're not being difficult. They're just being them. Mm. I'm so excited to take this quiz because this is something that you and I have talked about before on past episodes of really understanding ourselves and our spouses and how we're different and, you know, how we can really complement each other. And so this is a great tool, I think, to help us figure out (laughs) some of that that path that we've kind of talked about in the past. So this is going to be a really great tool and I'm excited for everyone to do this quiz. Now, if they want, it's just right on your website. Is that right? It's several different places on the website, but if they just go to cherishedwives.com, there's a like a banner towards the top that's like a, more of like a button, and it'll take them, just click on that, it'll take them to the quiz. It's a pretty hefty quiz. There's 30 questions, so it isn't like five questions and you're done. There's 30 questions because we really want to make sure that the answer they're getting is truly the answer. I love it. I love it. And normally we would talk about this at the end of the show, but I think it's such a great thing to talk as we springboard into our conversation mm-hmm. about in-laws and it's holiday season. And so there's going to be a lot of in-laws and relationship issues happening. Yeah. So talk to us about why in-laws are an important topic for us to talk about and how that kind of fits into marriage as a whole. Right. So one of the things I like to say to my clients is when we talk about in-laws, we're not just talking about mother and fathers. We're talking about extended family. Siblings can also be sometimes where difficulties and challenges can come in, but they can also be a good support system. So in-laws are that extended family. But the other thing with your in-laws is your in-laws they almost have rights to your mate that you don't have. They've known them longer, they know things about them, they have memories with them that you can't ignore those things. So they need to be part of your family, maybe not 
the nucleus that you're starting with your new family, but they are still a significant part. And if things are going well, they're a support system, they are extended belief systems and things like that. So if we just ignore them, then we lose some of that connection. We lose some of the history that our our mates have with their family. There's a, a real big loss. And some people get upset and they go, I just don't care about them. No, that we don't want to necessarily have that be our focus unless they're definitely toxic. And then that's a whole different conversation. Right, right. And it is interesting because I was thinking about this topic and I was thinking about one of the past episodes that we did probably about the same time last year where we were talking about holiday traditions. And, you know, I think that that is where so much of the conflict can come into play when we're talking about the holidays and we're talking about in-laws because there are, it's like such a melting pot of different intentions and like you said, different connections and memories. And so talk to us a little bit about how we navigate. I know you have some really great points of wisdom for us. So, so walk us through this process of, of how we deal with in-laws and, and navigating this ground. Right. So what I like to do is say that whenever you've got a contentious or potentially difficult situation, you really only have four different ways to approach it. You can fight, you can flight, you can freeze, or you can forge. And fighting is just like what it sounds like. There's a difficulty, there's a push, and there's a resistance, and there's challenges. And honestly, rarely do things get better when that's the case. They usually get worse. So that's not usually where we want to go. Flight is when you basically just say, I can't deal with this. Maybe you cut them out of your life. You avoid dealing with them. And honestly, you can only like be sick how many Thanksgivings before people start going, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Right? You know, some sort of way that you're minimalizing them in your life and exposure, especially if they're toxic, you know, sometimes that's needed. But flight isn't necessarily the best choice either. And then freezing shows up when basically people are just taking little to no action and they're going to usually end up building resentment. There's going to be a sense of heartache. And in some cases, I've had clients tell me they felt like they were almost like a punching bag or a doormat because they were just sitting there and just having to take all this stuff in and just stuffing it. And that doesn't really help either. And so those three are not my favorite. My favorite is forging. And this is the idea of forging something new. And if People have heard the term forge before. They usually know that it's, you know, where they were forging swords and things like that out of metal where it gets heated and it's hammered and there's pressure and there's movement and there's a whole bunch of effort and then there's more hammering and all that creates something new. And that's what I want to do is I want to encourage people to forge. And that means basically we're not going to be spending a bunch of time fighting, flighting, or freezing, but instead the focus is going to be on what can we do to forge into new a new arena. And so I have several points that I want to go over that the idea of forging. I love this idea of forging. And before we get into all of this, and this is where I feel like your quiz is really going to be beneficial to the audience and and anything that they can do really to better understand themselves. Because as you were going through those four different things, I was identifying where I naturally go to in different relationships, right? Because there are some relationships that I have found a little bit more comfortable where I feel like maybe I can maybe have a little bit more conflict or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then there's other relationships where I have kind of just cut people out or I or definitely have taken the flight path. And then there's others that I feel like you really have no choice other than just bear through it. And yeah. it does create so much resentment and it's not healthy at all. So I'm so excited to go through this forge piece. But I think 
you know, part of that too, as you're starting to go down this path, knowing that there, it is going to be difficult, it is going to take some effort to go through this. As you were talking about that, I was like, it sounds like it's amazing, but it also sounds like it's going to be a lot of work to forge a new path. So how does understanding yourself and the way that you deal with conflict kind of play into this? It's not even necessarily as much about how you understand when you're dealing with conflict. When I talk about dealing with in-laws, the first thing I like to say with understanding is understand your in-laws position. You have come into this, this situation and you're the newbie and people want to be like instant, everything's good, but you're the new person. And in-laws have a history with your spouse. They've known them longer. They have more history with them. They see them differently. And a lot of times I find, and I work with wives, the wives don't understand how the families feel. And so what I do is I draw two circles and I say, this circle is your husband with his family. He is a son. He is a brother. Maybe he's got a sister. So they've got different definitions of him. They have different memories with him. And take another circle and I draw it half on top of the other one. So you've got overlapping circles. And say, this is your relationship with him now. You don't call him a son. You call him a lover. You call him a mate. You call him a friend. You call him a father. And where these two things overlap is a really difficult space for everybody because you see your mate one way, they see him another way. And if you don't understand that they see them differently, you're going to have conflict there. So that's the first part I say, understand that they see them differently and what that means. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. That is so, so good. And I think that this is where it really applies to everyone. Cause when we first started talking, I was thinking, you know, this is, is great for people who are recently married or maybe had conflict in the past, but it's really for everybody when you have that understanding piece, right? Right. Cause 10 years married, the in-laws are still going to think that their son is their son he still has a position as a son. They may see him as a father if there's grandchildren involved, but there's still, there's a hierarchy and there's, there's different roles that you play. And sometimes not being aware of that creates a problem. And that really leads me to like my second point, which is to be compassionate and kind. It's not uncommon for parents to grieve when their child marries or when even when their child has their own children. They have a sense of change and loss that a lot of times we don't realize. Like, let's say if it was me and I was in a situation, I, I might not realize that my parents have to look at me different. They have to grieve the fact that I'm not a baby anymore. Mm -hmm. Then I'm, I'm not a baby, but you know, and you hear at weddings and I love this at weddings, but you hear parents make a toast and they say, Oh, this is so great. We're not losing a son, but we're gaining a daughter. And that's fabulous. But the truth of the matter is they are losing part of what they know is their son. And they don't always realize that. I have had people I've worked with and they're like, I didn't realize that's what I was feeling. I feel a sense of loss because it's changed, because it's different. And if you're not compassionate with the in-laws and the changes that they're having to go, go with too, they can be happy, but still feel a sense of loss. And sometimes that sense of loss and what they're feeling, they don't know. And it comes out kind of icky. Mm, yeah. And, yeah. And so understanding that and even say, you know, I get it he's not a child anymore. He's not this anymore. That can go a long way towards making a circumstance better. That is so powerful, I think. And, you know, even as you were talking about having compassion, when I think about having compassion, I think about putting myself in someone else's shoes. And so I think about, 
you know, myself, when my boys are grown and they're, you know, finding their mates and starting new lives and we have our, you know, our holiday traditions and the things that we do and, and kind of these expectations of the way that the season's going to go. But now they have to navigate these new waters. And so putting myself in that, those same shoes of like my mother-in-law of what that must be like for her and the way that she's kind of grieving those memories of the past or how she thought that it would be when she had, you know, grandkids and a new daughter-in-law in the picture. And I think that compassionate can go a long way. But for yeah. me, just kind of taking that step of putting myself in those shoes, like I can see how rocky that that could be. Absolutely. And this, I have an example of a client of mine, Caroline, she, they first got married and she was insistent that the first Thanksgiving as a couple would be at their home and that her mom would make like this famous mashed potatoes that she made she kind of bulldozed through it and she was trying to take over because she's like, Oh, I want to do this. And I want to, I want to show them that I'm capable. And the problem is her husband, Josh's family, Thanksgiving is their big event, not Christmas, not Christmas Eve, but Thanksgiving. And Josh's parents felt so bowled over. They refused to come. And so that is something they're still dealing with. There's still residual effects of this, but she didn't, Caroline didn't realize Josh didn't know how to step up and nobody knew they didn't really understand what was happening because all they really needed to do was have a good conversation and it would have been okay. You know, Josh could have said, you know, Thanksgiving this year has got to be with my folks. We can do Christmas. We can do anything else with your folks, but this has to be at my folks. And here's why. And we wouldn't have five years later, this still, this tension. That's so powerful. And it, it's a great segue into your third focus point too, which is communicate. Because I think that there are so many emotions that can go around, you know, bringing families together and around the holidays. And, you know, there's different hurts and expectations. And, and I think communication is key in everything, but talk to us yeah. about how that's so important. Cause I, it also could be scary <laughs> to, to have open communication, depending on what the history has been. Well, because you're vulnerable, yeah. you're putting out on the line, what your fear is, what my hope is. And you are now in a vulnerable position. You've just let your guard down. So communicate is the idea of don't assume. So in the case of Caroline and Josh, she shouldn't have assumed that they wanted her to take over. They shouldn't have assumed certain things. And Josh shouldn't have made some of the assumptions and, and everybody made assumptions. And so we have to assume that you and your, I tell pe people, assume you're not on the same page. Mm. assume that we're not on the same page and say, honey, I'm assuming we're not on the same page. Tell me where we're at. Because if you go in assuming you're not on the same page, you're open to hear where they're at rather than assuming that they are on the same page. Does that make sense? That is amazing. Like you could use that in every mm -hmm. possible situation. I mean, work situation. I'm just thinking mm -hmm. like that is just a great framework to come to any because Anything you don't feel as vulnerable. You don't feel as wrong. You don't feel like there's something bad. You're saying, I'm assuming we're not on the same page. Where are you at? I'll tell you where I'm at. And now the communication lines are open rather than it being, well, you don't agree with me. So therefore you're wrong. Right. So communicating with your spouse first and then extending that communication to the in-laws and asking for input, not just saying, well, here's what we're going to do, which I find a lot of my clients will do. They're like, no, this is what we're doing. You just need to deal with it. Well, it doesn't really work in the long run. Okay. So I have a, a big question for you on this one with the communication. Because you said communicate first with your spouse and then with the in-laws. Mm -hmm. 
are you suggesting or how do you navigate? Because I even find my husband and I, we're celebrating 19 years of marriage this year. And I still find myself sometimes being like, hey, will you call your mom and ask her this or do that? Where I could totally pick up the phone and communicate that. But sometimes there are things I feel comfortable doing that with. And there are some times where I feel like I need to use him as the messenger. So how do you kind of navigate that? Do you recommend like bringing everyone together or do you recommend it being more where I would be calling my in-laws? I actually think your husband should call his in-laws. I think what you're doing is actually right. Okay. Because they have a different relationship with him and it puts him in a position where he's the buffer if there's any sort of challenge. So you guys talk about what's going on, make sure you're 100% clear. Then he presents whatever options are like, hey, here's what we're thinking. And you back it up. We're, we'll, we want to do this because we have this. We really want you guys to be involved. Does that work for you guys? If not, throw out a suggestion. It may or may not work. But no, I think he should be the one that is the one connecting with the in-laws. I'm so glad to hear you say that because when I was asking the question, I was like, oh my gosh, if Kimberly tells me I need to be <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Please don't tell me this. Please don't tell me. No, no, I think it's perfect. Now, in some cases, that might be a different answer. If your husband's traveling all the time or something and you're like, oh, honey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handle this. That's different. But in general, I think the go-between person should be the person who's the biological. Awesome. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I feel off the hook. Yay, so, so how does this tie into anticipate? What are we anticipating? So I know that's your fourth focus yeah. point. So anticipate is basically starting with being observant with what's going on. Notice what kind of things have triggered people in the past. Anticipate the challenges. So if you are aware that there's always Uncle Bob who drinks too much at Thanksgiving, then don't be surprised if this happens next Thanksgiving. I mean, this is not rocket science to figure this out. Once you anticipate, then you can make wise choices. So do you have an exit strategy? Do you say, okay, to your mom and dad, let's make this a no alcohol event this year. What do you need to do? Let's not pretend, you know, that this isn't going to happen again, that Uncle Bob is going to drink too much and then there's going to be a problem or so-and-so is going to come late. We have a big Thanksgiving and I have two or three people that always come late. And you know what? I always assign them something that like pie, because if you come late, it doesn't matter if there's pie when we start eating turkey, it matters later on. So anticipating and then playing around it. That is so brilliant. And I love too that you said exit strategy. This is something my husband and I do all of the time. Every time we go anywhere together, there's always an exit strategy because one, we're both, neither one of us are very social people, but we force ourselves to go to things and do things, mm -hmm. but especially around the holidays, because whether it's holidays at my parents' house or it's or it's holidays with his family, we kind of have known like what are those pitfalls that we fall into. And, you know, even when it's like at my family, I don't like them either. Like it's not just so much about him and his in-laws, but it's about, you know, there are certain things about my family that sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, we're here again. Yeah. You know, so we have those certain things that we know we can start to say, or when someone, or when I see him starting to do certain things, it's our cue. So yep. we have like a predetermined cue, like, okay, I'm done. We need to wrap this up. Yeah. Which is perfect because that leads into my fifth point, which is defend your spouse. Mm, that's at, good. At all times, your loyalty has to be to your spouse. And if it's not, it's in the wrong place. 
And that means you need to defend their honor. You need to defend them if anybody is attacking them, whether that is picking on them or if it's just even the snide remarks. And sometimes, to be honest, the negative comments and things that are said by in-laws, they're not the in-laws of the opposites. And what I mean is I had a client who her husband's family was always mean to him. They would say negative things to him. They would, they even went as far, I think his name was Jeremy. They went, Jeremy's mom said something when their children were around and said, oh, you should be a better dad. Oh, not okay. Because now this trickles on home with the kids. And so her problem wasn't even with the in-laws in that case. It was, they were picking on their actually biological son. So your responsibility is to be loyal to your mate. And also at the same time, I understand that usually families are loyal to their bloodline before their in-laws, but always be there because games will be played. Things will be said. There'll be some sort of sparring going on and your obligation is to your mate. And that means like you said, you've got to pay attention. You said you knew your husband starts doing certain things. Then, okay, this means he's in this spot. Do I need to come over and rub his back? Do I need to come over and give him a kiss on the cheek? Do I need to come defend his honor? What do I need to do? Because that's the person you're you're loyal to is your mate at all times. Now, this is so good. So this is one of those things that when we're at the event, like say we're at my, my dad's house or whatever, and this is where it's easy for me to always be defending him when it's with them. What becomes difficult is when it's just my husband and I and he'll say something about my sister or my dad or, you know, not that he, I mean, he loves them and they love him, but you know, there's always those things where he's like, Oh, I hope we don't have to. And I'm like, that's what we do. So it it becomes hard sometimes when it's just my husband and I, when I feel like I need to also defend my family to him sometimes. And you know, it's okay for you to tell your husband, say, honey, I know that I'm going to make up your sister's name. Let's say your sister's name is Julia, you know, I know Julia always does this. This is who she is. I have my faults. You have your faults. But we know she's predictable. I prefer people being predictable than being unpredictable. So let's just have fun with it. I mean, let's just let her be who she is. And and it's okay for you to tell your husband, I kind of feel like I have to defend my sister sometimes. Can we talk about this? Mm. That's good. I don't, I don't want to defend my sister. Or is there a way that, you know, honey, can, when I'm feeling uncomfortable with this, can I do something? Can I say, gotcha? And then he can know just to stop talking about it because you're starting to feel, you know, tension or loyal, mixed loyalties or something. You just have to communicate it with him. Yeah. And I think and that's, that that's not normal. And I think that that's what's difficult with in-laws is, you know, like I'll have issues with my family and it's one thing for me to say those things, but then mm-hmm. when I hear someone else say those things, I'm like, no, you don't have the right to say those things about them. They're my family. I can say those things, but you well, can't. And that's what I just said. People are going to be loyal to blood yeah. before they do in-laws. It's like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. You don't get to say that about my sister. It's totally true, but, but you don't get to say it. I can right. say that you can't. And so understanding that and then communicating that and having a way, let's say that your husband was going off on something like your sister always does or whatever, then he has to know that there's a point where you need him to stop. And you have to have either code word or, honey, I got it. I 100% got it. And then he needs to go, okay, she's, she's at maximum right now. She needs me to stop talking and honor those boundaries that you guys have with each other. Mm, That's good. And I think that this plays beautifully into your six focus point too, about taking things personal, because that's when like the emotion starts to rise, right? When it Mm -hmm. becomes like a personal, 
a personal attack, whether it's between mm-hmm. my husband and I or the in-laws or a situation that, that comes up. So talk yeah. to us about how, because it's so much easier said than done. Don't take things personally, right? It, it is, but it's really a matter of practice. So don't take things personal is, it's one of those things that really bears being repeated. I tell clients all the time, stop taking things personal. And it's not the same as the idea of freezing. And I usually have to explain that to clients. This is more of the approach of being unoffendable and just letting people be who they are. Are you familiar with the book, Unoffendable? No, I'm not. Oh, Jenny, you would love it. It's all about not giving away your power, and it's geared towards Christians. It's about not giving away your power, not letting people get you all riled up over things, making your own decisions, not necessarily based on emotion, not getting pulled into drama. Oh, I'm so going to get that. It's something, um, I've actually got a book review coming up. That's one of the other things we've got coming up on the website is I'm going to be doing some book reviews. And it's called Unoffendable, and it's really powerful. And again, it's geared towards Christians because sometimes we get riled up just like the rest of the world. Mm, that sounds amazing. Yes. And we do. I mean, I, I know I do. It's so easy for me to take things personally. And I'm definitely going to check out that book because that mm. is a problem that I, I've actually been praying a lot with God, like, it, you know, on what pride issues are or or things that are coming up because it's so easy to take things personal, especially when we're talking about family, especially when we're talking about holidays, because like you said, when we've gone through these other steps and we've communicated, we're now vulnerable. And so it's so easy to kind of see things as like a personal attack. So you're just, so you're recommending to just taking practice, really pouring some time and attention into that to not take things personal. Absolutely. And, and I really want to acknowledge that some in-laws are clearly toxic. Yeah. You know, some of them will actively shut you out. They'll talk bad about you, even with you there. They'll gossip about you when you're not around. They'll test you. They'll test limits just like kids do. Seriously, in-laws test limits just like kids do. You need to be clear and consistent. They can be overbearing. They can meddle. They can be controlling. I mean, those, they'll play games and it's all rooted in competition and a play for power. And if you know that and you don't take things personal, then normally I tell people there are no winners, but you get to be the winner because you're not pulled into drama. You're not pulled into this big quagmire of a mess. And so you have to just step back and say, this says something about them. This is not, they obviously don't know me. I mean, if they say something that's true, like you're always late or something like that, then maybe you want to look at that. But if it's a toxic or it's a difficult situation, you have to practice being unoffendable. Step back and let them have their own drama because once they see that it gets you, they're going to keep going. And that competition, people don't realize that a lot of times the problems with in-laws are competition Mm -hmm. and a play for power. And once you can recognize those two things and you can start practicing the unoffendable, you would be surprised how much more happy your family get-togethers are. Oh, yeah. And I would imagine too, like, and I'm just now, like while you're saying this, looking at the handout that you have for our Life Balance members with the Mm -hmm. seven warning signs regarding difficult in-laws. And I'm thinking even even through some of my own situations. And this, when you have the difficulties, that's when I think my natural tendency of the fight or the flight or the freeze start mm-hmm. to come into play because when emotion, I always say this, when emotions go high, like it's hard to have logical thoughts. So mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of go back to what your natural state is, even if you have tried to be, be intentional about forging forward. So I think that these tips are really, really important. And I'm going to link to that book too. 
Yeah. Um, and definitely get it. Is it on Audible, do you know? Or only in- I don't know. I like paper books because I write on them and turn corners and all that kind of stuff. So I have it in, in hard, I can touch copy kind of stuff. Yeah. I'll have to look for it in Audible. I'm just the opposite. Like I have my notebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to journal as I'm listening to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I'll have to look and see. If not, I'll definitely get the paper version because I think that that's important. Yeah. And, this- and the idea of not taking things personal, I don't know if this would help with your listeners, but I tell people, imagine that person, if they're saying something negative, imagine them shrunk down as a little kid and imagine them with whatever fear or issue they've got going on like as a t-shirt written on them. Like, Mm. I'm afraid that I'm not worthy enough. I'm afraid that I'm not lovable. I'm afraid that you're going to displace me. And it's so much easier to go back to that idea of compassion and kindness if you're not taking it personal. If you're taking it personal, it's going to be really hard to be compassionate. Oh yeah, that is so powerful. That is so powerful because then you just want to hug them Mm -hmm. and take care of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then then you're like, they have no power over you. Mm, That's so powerful. I think that that's amazing for all situations, not even with in-laws, but mm-hmm. you know, anywhere you see someone kind of, you're finding that personal offense come up. That's amazing. Shrink them down, make Shrink them be them like down. a little kid. And then I always just say, imagine a t-shirt that has some writing on the front of it. That is whatever is going on with them. I'm afraid of not being loved. I'm afraid of being replaced. I'm afraid that this or that, and just, and say, okay, there it is. Mm. I can do this. Yeah. That's so powerful. That's huge right there. I hope that that's a big takeaway for people. It's a huge <laughs> takeaway for me. I, it's such a sobering thing to think about that because it takes you out of the heat of whatever's going on. Yeah, it does. Mm, that's good. All right. So we've talked about six things so far. I'm just going to review them really quick because they're all so great. So we talked about understanding. We talked about compassionate. We talked about compassionate again, which was just great. Communication, anticipating, always defending your spouse, not taking things personally. What's number seven that you have for us? So number seven is to have boundaries and guidelines for how you're going to navigate situations. This, you know, it's people throw the word boundaries around a lot without really talking about what it really means. And this is about reminding yourself that you are the authority in your immediate family. And it's acceptable for you to have boundaries and limits for your family. And it's important that you stay firm in the boundaries that you set. Now, sometimes I find people put way too many boundaries. You can't this, you can't that, you can't this, you can't that if you're going to the in-laws. And at that point in time, it just becomes like you're overbearing and controlling. You're almost the problem. So, and I always tell people, bonus points if you can do this with kindness and compassion. (laughs) But reevaluate your boundaries on a regular. Are they clear? Are they fair? Are they effective? Are you and your spouse both agreeing to abide by them. Because sometimes people say, well, here's the boundary, but your spouse hasn't bought in. So now you've got additional conflicts. So really spend some time looking at what boundaries are necessary. What boundaries can you start with? I don't, I recommend starting small with little boundaries. If you have issues with in-laws, you know, kids going to grandma's and eating junk food or whatever it happens to be, don't start by just giving them a list of, they can't this, 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 this. Start with small things and then see how those go. And reevaluate them as you need to. Mm. This is, I think, when you said, you know, when they go to the in-laws and it's the candy, like, or the junk food or the whatever, you know, so much time. And I see this a lot right now in different Facebook groups that I'm a part of is about like the gifts, you know, Mm -hmm. how do I get my in-laws not to, you know, 
spoil my kids this year with all of these gifts. Like they have too much stuff or, you know, all of these different things. And so when you say start small, give us an example. What would that look like when you maybe have like a mother-in-law and you have kids and, you know, there's all of these things that they want to just spoil rotten or they want to do, you know, they want to be the one who takes the kid to go see Santa or they want to be the one that goes and does these magical fun things with them that maybe you want to take your kids to do? Like, how do you navigate that and kind of build those boundaries? Well, I think first of all, that you have to evaluate if grandma wants to take them to see Santa and you do, why can't you both? Makes it seem really easy. <laughs> what I mean, why does it have to be a competition? And if it's super, super, super important to grandma, because this is something grandma's done with all the other grandchildren and it's something that she did with her kids, why not let her do this? Why not let her and why not celebrate that and say, I'm so happy that you're continuing this with our children. Why does it have to be a competition? And so often there is these power plays that I just mentioned before that people are so rooted in the power play. You know, you mentioned the, the family giving gifts and one of my clients, they have a problem where the, the in-laws are just showering the kids with gifts. And I said, what if you were to ask the children would they be acceptable donating some of those gifts to the local children's receiving home? What if you don't ask grandma and grandpa to stop giving gifts? What if you say, you guys got so much and there's kids that don't have this much? Could you pick a couple of things and can we wrap them up and can we take them to somebody that doesn't have them? And you know what? It's not a problem with grandma and grandpa. And now the kids got to be a blessing and you get to be a blessing, and you get to teach them. I mean, so maybe the challenge isn't even asking the in-laws to stop doing something. That is so powerful because it really goes back to speaking to what your circle of influence is. And it's harder for us to influence the in-laws or the grandmas and the grandpas or the, you know, the aunts and the uncles of the world, but we can influence our own individual family. So if we can't control what's coming in, then what do we control once it's in there? So I think that that is so, so powerful. And I, I think, you know, when it comes to the competition thing, as a working mom, one of the things that's hard is that we feel as working moms that we're missing out on so much already. And around the holidays, there's so many firsts, you know, and we only have so many Christmases while our kids are young and it's still so magical and exciting and new and, you know, I think that it giving away any of those magical moments or any of those things that we put so much anticipation and weight on can be so hard for a working mom, especially if they've already missed some milestones or they're, you know, already feeling guilty. So, I mean, it's so easy to say like, yeah. let's not have competition, but what advice do you have for those working moms that might be like, yeah, that's exactly it for me. I don't want to miss yeah. out on those things because I'm already missing yeah. so much. Well, I think when you're in that position that you have to ask yourself, what's best for my child? Mm. Not what's best for me, but what's best for my child? Because if you're going to take your child to see Santa and you're going to be fussing as an adult, like, okay, we got to hurry. I don't have a little bit of time. Have you made this a magical thing for your child? You got the memory of saying, I got to do this and almost check that off as a box. But did you do what's best for your child? And sometimes what's best for your child isn't always what's best for you. So I try to run that through the filter. And if grandma wants to take them, we're going to use Santa again. If grandma wants to take them to see Santa and that buys you some time to then go to the store and make cookies, you know, afterwards at home, maybe what's best is you've spent now three hours teaching them to bake and that's better even though you didn't get to do Santa. So run that through the filter of I want to do these things and I might feel guilty if I don't, 
but is my child any better or are they any worse in the circumstance? And sometimes the answer will be no, I should be the one taking them to do this. But sometimes the answer would be no, actually, what's best for my child is this other thing. Now, I want to honor that you do get mom guilt sometimes, that you're like, wow, I didn't do this, or we didn't get the tree up until three days before Christmas, or we whatever. Those are opportunities to teach your children. Those things that make your heart hurt or make your heart sing, those are opportunities to say, you know, we did not get the tree up until two days before Christmas, but I'm so glad that we got to do this together. Next year, let's shoot for doing, let's doing it sooner so we can enjoy it longer but I'm glad we didn't get it up like, you know, Christmas Eve. Or maybe in some cultures, they actually put them up on Christmas Eve. So sometimes we lay that guilt on ourselves because we have this idea of how it's supposed to go or how it should be or a good mom would do this. And there's just no rules. We're making some of these things up because somebody has told us that this is how it's supposed to go. But that's not necessarily reality in your family. Oh, my goodness. Kimberly, amazing, as always. So full of such rich wisdom. I am just so grateful that you're in my life, that you are giving so graciously to this audience because everything that you share today I think is brilliant. And that last bit, pure gold. I know it's blessed me just hearing you say those words. So thank you so much. You have permission to let your grandparents take your kids to see Santa, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Now, if people, maybe this is their first time hearing about you, I'm going to link to all of the past episodes that we've had with you in the show notes so that they can go and and learn more about you. But if they want to learn more about you outside of your life rocks, where can they find more? So the place I would send them first would be cherishedwives.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We do Pinterest. I'm not on Instagram. I can only do so many things. Me and my my staff can only do so many things. So cherishedwives.com. And just so you know, I also have another article on my website about in-laws. So if people are still wanting a little bit more information, that they can go to the website and, and look and you know just do a little search on in-laws. And there's another article too on how to deal with your in-laws. I love it. I love it. And I highly recommend everyone go there, especially to take the new quiz with your personal needs, because as you're going through the holidays, taking care of yourself and understanding yourself so that you can better communicate and do some of these things that we talked about, I think are going to be critical. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a blessing to get to talk to you. Yeah, it is. I love chatting with you. We really need to do this more often. We definitely do. I love talking to Kimberly. She is so full of wisdom and just, I mean, really (laughs) so generous in everything that she has to share. I hope that you go on over to cherishedwives.com and you take her free assessment. I know for sure I am super excited to take it myself. Now, after we stopped recording, Kimberly and I had a great discussion about Matthew 19.6 and how it really is the perfect Bible verse for what we were talking about in the show. And to be honest, I was going to share this verse at the beginning of the show before the interview, and then I forgot, but I just remembered. So I did want to bring it back into the conversation because I think it's so important. Now, typically Matthew 19 is kind of known as like the verses about divorce, right? That the Bible has to share. But really, if we take it to 19.4, I think it's so powerful with everything that Kimberly had to share. And it reads, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, 
but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And truly, you know, when you're thinking about everything that Kimberly had to share, it is about having that united front, being that united team with you and your husband, and to not let any other relationships, any other person, any other thing cause a separation or a division within you. So I hope that you take those seven principles that Kimberly had to share with us today. You really, truly take them to heart. Now, Kimberly is so generous that she provided some extra material for our Life Balance members. So if you're a member of Life Balance membership, know that that is available to you to help you get dive in a little bit deeper into everything that Kimberly was sharing about. And she even provided a great worksheet that goes right along with this episode for our Life Balance members. So if you're curious about Life Balance membership, you can of course go to yourliferocks.com to learn more, or you can just download it right away inside of your app store. Whether you're on iTunes or Google Play, just search Your Life Rocks and you'll find the app and you can download it and you'll have free access to the Holiday Sanity course. I can't wait to hear how that course helps you plan out some more sanity moments as we move throughout this holiday season. And of course, with that, we will be back next week as we continue in this series, helping you create more peace, more sanity in this holiday season. After all, craziness is not the reason for the season. We all know that. Yet we all fall prey into the craziness this time of year. But it doesn't have to be that way this year. You can choose something different. And the course will help you do just that. So until next week, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.